It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joe Medora and Andrew Allison on this 10th day of November, 6.06 on the clock and 62 degrees and clear outside right here in Southeast Ohio. It's the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting, and it's a good Wednesday after a, a couple of dominating wins, uh, an impressive wins. It was a dominating win for the Ohio men's basketball team over Belmont yesterday, 92 to 80, and a good win. For Ohio football, as that coach's show is going on right now with head coach Tim Albin over on our sister station, uh, WXTQ Power 105. Uh, but football wins, men's basketball wins, and a uh, lopsided defeat for Ohio women's basketball against a very talented Notre Dame team. Uh, we got a lot of Bobcats to talk about, but it is a Russ Wednesday, and we have Russ Helpman on the line with us today. Uh, Russ, always good to have you with us. Bye week for Cincinnati. Let's see, is Russ there? Maybe. I think we lost him. Oh, man. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, phone line's off. So we uh, we lost Russ Heltman. Um, but again, we normally on Wednesdays, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, I think he's calling back now. Let's see. Russ, are you there? Hey, fellas. My bad. I accidentally hit the hang-up button. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It That's happens. all right. It's a good mood. It's a good mood in the... Uh, in the studio, especially with Bobcats winning yesterday, but for the Bengals, it was a tough loss to uh, to swallow. Um, you know, last last Sunday. Oh yeah, I, I just hung up on you guys like the Bengals just decided to hang up on the uh, last two weeks. Bye. So uh, real uh, real bad showing, fellas. It's, it's, it's not great right now. What we've seen out of the Cincinnati Bengals team, although once again, like I said, and I've kind of caught this guy to you to open up the conversation here. It didn't feel to me, just like the Jets game, like there was a lot of unsolvable problems. I saw some issues with scheming in the, in the, run, in the run scheme on defense. We, uh, we saw them matching up nickel with 13 personnel at times. That can't happen. And then on the other side of the ball, we had drops by Jamar Chase. It was by far his worst game of his young NFL career. Joe Burrow was okay, wasn't great. And if you've got a great game out of Joe Burrow, maybe it's a little bit better. And the fact that Chase on that route in the first first drive of the game at the goal line, he runs the wrong type of route. It was a decent call by Joe Burrow. And Denzel Ward just makes an outstanding play. Takes it all the way to the house. They get three plays over 60 yards. Um, and stuff to come back from that. It's really hard when you allow explosive plays. It's something the Bengals team has not done all season long. And it's starting to happen. It hasn't happened as much in the Jet game. But it happened a little bit there, and it, and it became an avalanche against the Browns. Yeah, absolutely, Russ. And I think uh, the the big issue that's being pointed to on the defensive side, uh, like you came on here and mentioned last week, you know, they gave up the most rack yards in, in over a decade against the Jets the week prior. And then, of course, Nick Chubb was just able to run wild. Uh, is the, the issues they've been having tackling on the defensive side of the ball the past couple of weeks, and that's really come back uh, to bite them. And, you know, they've allowed over 30 points in both those games. Right, and it has to get fixed. The mistakes on that side of the ball, the issues and the tackling in the open field, and the fact that they've been kind of just, not it was really just a manhandle in the Cleveland game. 
got absolutely blown off the ball. Uh, the scheming was so smart, especially once they got after the first quarter, once Bill Callahan saw what, uh, what, Brian, what uh, Frank Pollock was running up with his offensive line, and what Zach Taylor was, uh, oh, excuse me, not what, what Marion Hobby was going up against, with the defensive line, excuse me, with his defensive uh, run schemes. And the fact that they were able to solve that so quickly and get that lead, it's just, it's, it's like playing Baltimore. If you let them get, if you let these teams, especially the most talented teams in this division, get a 14 nothing lead on you, Lights out. Yeah, Russ, uh, even as a, a Browns fan, I sit there and go, if the Browns weren't spotted, what is it, 13 points off of turnovers? 10 or 13 points off of turnovers? I, I honestly, I think it may have been a different game. And I sit there, I, I didn't see anything that the Browns did that really fixed any of their issues. It, it, it felt more of like the Bengals kind of just handed them the game. Right, and when you think about red zone possessions and the fact that the Browns were able to get two touchdowns out of those out of those trips, something the Bengals have been very good at all season long, and points off turnovers. I believe every time that they have they have not allowed a touchdown until Sunday off a Joe Burrow turnover, and that's exactly what happened. Russ, I want to ask you. So, I want to ask you about this offensive line for Cincinnati, right? Because I, I think that this line, they did well, uh, but I, I think they're not um, you know, kind of living up to what they did earlier this season. And we talked about it a little bit on Monday, but it seemed like Hakeem Adeniji, you know, really just didn't have the stamina to go and, and play as, you know, as many snaps um, that he did play in that game. Right, and it's, just, it's a kind of disintegration on the progress that Jackson Carmen has made so far for the young season. And the fact that they are rolling with the keep energy, it's only on that his return back from the torn pack in June. I mean, he's been on the shelf for a long time, guys. It just goes to show that it's a constant issue on this side at right guard right now and on the other side. A little bit more as the season goes on with Riley Reef. He's been solid, but he has his moments here and there. He can't make up for a liability at right guard and a center that's average at best on his good days at Trey Hopkins. So the interior pressure has been a problem for the Bengals. And then you mix with the fact that on Sunday they were able, they had to go up against Miles Garrett on their best offensive lineman at Jonah Williams. He had a monstrous day like he always does because he's an absolute freak and he's the best defensive end in the NFL right now. It's really difficult. So the fact that the offensive line guys is a talking point. And a talking point for five years. They cannot get this unit right, even with Frank Pollock. And I was a big believer. It still isn't good enough, I don't think, for this team to compete in the playoffs for sure. Maybe it's good enough for them to meet my record prediction of 9-8 and eight and sneak in with some tiebreakers here or there as the seventh seed. But until they figure this out, there will be no playoff run in this team's future. They have to get this thing right at least average across every position at a minimum, or else it's going to be very difficult, and it's been proven to win this league. Despite them, guys, they've been arguably, I haven't looked at the, uh, the actual uh, total games lost metric, but they're right, they have to be right up there in the top five of total uh, injury luck this season in terms of keeping their starters healthy outside of Joseph Osai coming in and Trey Wayne, who's just been an absolute sunk cost to find the word. 
So, Russ, I mean, heading to the bye week, obviously, uh, it feels like everybody has a, has a different definition of what the best way is to head into the, uh, the bye week. Kind of taping in the last couple weeks, obviously a huge win in Baltimore that kind of seemed to uh, put the Bengals on the map, so to speak, and then two uh, really lackluster losses heading into this bye week. Obviously, you know, they're going to the bye at five and four. What is your, you know, kind of overall judgment on this team, and what are some of the things that you think are going to need to be emphasized and figured out during this, during this break period? Well, they got to start. Some more turnovers, and I understand. I get it. Joe Burrow has thrown baby and Zach Taylor counter on this on the Lockdown Bengals podcast today. It's been about two to three interceptions out of the 11 that are his fault. But the bottom line is that Zach, if it's not Joe Burrow's fault, it's somebody else's. It has to be somebody else's fault. Interceptions don't happen out of thin air this many times. You don't leave the league or tie to the league, league currently to stand ball with 11 picks just out of luck. I just I can't I refuse to believe that's how it works eight weeks into the season. To me, it's it's a factor of this team has to figure out a way, as talented as these receivers are, to make them a little bit more easy. They're all three Tyler Boyd, the top three targets on this team right now. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are in the bottom half of the NFL in terms of average yards per separation. The NFL Next Gen stats, and they are in the uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, the top two targets. I know your uh, your time is short, and we uh, we also got a little bit of a shortened show today, getting off the air at six forty five for Ohio State women's basketball. But always appreciate it, and uh, 
you know, we'll be sure to keep on reading SI Bengals and now SI Bearcats. We're all at all. Uh, what, what, what's the link for uh, for the Cincinnati, the new one that that Sports Illustrated just put out? All Bearcats. Keep it simple. All the, I'll just keep the brand, baby. <laughs> all Bearcats. All Bengals. Russ, appreciate your time, and uh, you know, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, fellas. Go Bobcats. Huge double double victory night last night. When's the last time? Yeah. Real quick. Do you guys know when the last time that happened was? Bearcat, Bobcat basketball and football was the same night? No idea. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Good trivia question for tomorrow's show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had the answer there. I have no, I have no clue. <laughs> I was just so excited about the Bobcats. So they look good. Tonight. They look good. They look deep, Russ. It's gonna be. It's going to be a good year. Hopefully, we need to get a little Bearcat, Bobcat, uh, home-and-home set up here in the next few years. That's got to be something on Coach Bulls. Maybe put that in Coach Bulls' ear while you guys are in Athens. Sure. There was a uh, a quote-unquote super-secret scrimmage that was played a couple of weeks ago. I I know. I heard about that, obviously. But I don't have – I know they played. They played the kind of little scrimmage. Let's get up in front of 10,000 strong. How about that? Right, I think they were talking about trying to make that some kind of a charity event, raising money for something, but uh, that that never came came to fruition. Um, and then they just did, you know, the, the scrimmage in secret. Kind of everybody knows about it, so it's not really that much of a secret. Right. But. All right, fellas, well, we're not going to keep these appearances secret. Next week, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Russ. Good, Russ. Always a pleasure. Russ Hultman, all Bengals, all Bearcats, and uh, good good to have him on. You know, Used to work here and uh, has, has gone on to do some great things. Um, but, yeah, Cincinnati, they got to figure it out. And when he was talking about kind of the separation, I don't know if you guys, it, it kind of rang a, a bell in your head, uh, but with A.J. Green. I have a brain in my head. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, I might have a bell in my head. You, you, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I'll admit it now. Um, but with A.J. Green and the separation, right, that's one of the things that they pointed to, you know, with, with Green you know, and his decline, right? He's, he's not getting that much separation from... Uh, you know, the guys who were covering him. And, you know, now you're talking about Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase unable to do that. That kind of brings the question up to me. You know, that's, you know, all right, one player last year who who was unable to do it, and now, you know, you're you're two young wide receivers who are supposed to be, you know, star talent and your future of of the offense along with Joe. I think they just went up against a good secondary that was finally healthy. Denzel Ward has not allowed... I think like 60 yards to the receiver he's guarded, like not giving up 60 yards in a game dating back to when he first started at Ohio State. Uh, Greg Newsom was a first round pick. Greedy Williams was like 33rd. John Johnson was one of the top free agent safety. I, they just, I think they ran into a good secondary. Well, he was, when he was referencing those, uh, referencing those numbers, he was talking about season long, right? I mean, he wasn't just talking about Cleveland. So no. What's your point? My point is, I think it's. <laughs> you got to one. You just. <laughs> I think it's on uh, it's on the coaching staff. I, I, I think they have to scheme a little bit better to get these guys open. Sure. But they're heading anyway. to the bye week. They'll come out of the bye week with a game away against the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, we'll. I think we got Ohio State women's basketball on on Sunday as well. Uh, so we got a couple of women's games going on. But instead of you know Cincinnati, we'll have uh, Ohio State. Just real quick before we before we go to break. Just saw he was talking about Russ was talking about the offensive line, Joe Bentonio of the Browns, their their left guard, he just got a contract extension. He became the first Browns player since the expansion draft to get three contracts in Cleveland. That's just mind boggling. Well, 
<laughs> you guys haven't been known for no, but you would have thought you would have thought like someone like a, a Josh Cribbs, a Joe Thomas. Well, pro- Joe probably got his five year deal and then like a six, but Phil Dawson. I, I don't know. I, I just would have thought NBA eventually NBA somewhere NBA there would have had wasn't a, a quarterback. No, it was not a quarterback. <laughs> they may have signed a guy to the practice squad three different times, but <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Kaiser. What? Yeah. Mm. No. Not gonna resign him. No. Oh well. well. It would only be the second time they. Ta- ne- never mind. <laughs> we got to take a quick break right on the sports fan again. Ohio State women's basketball on the air at six forty-five, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Bobcats up next. Some four zero five nine two six six four six. Sports Sam presented by JK Contracting on nine seventy ninety-seven point one FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Medicare Open Enrollment is here. Now through December 7th, free help is available for older adults and people with disabilities. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can connect you with a certified Medicare counselor to find the plan that's best for you and check your eligibility for additional Medicare savings programs. Visit BuckeyeHills.org backslash Medicare or call Ohio's Medicare hotline at 1-800-686-1578. That's 1-800-686-1578. This resource was supported in part by a grant from the U.S. Administration for Community Living. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Open enrollment for healthcare.gov is here. If you're uninsured or have a job that doesn't offer insurance, check out healthcare.gov. Due to a new law, prices are lower and more people qualify. Now, four out of five customers pay just $10 a month or less with financial help. It's easier than ever to find the right plan for you. And millions of Americans, just like you, have already enrolled. New law, lower prices, more people qualify. Sign up at healthcare.gov by December 15th. It's when we dig deep. Loses it to Bjorkstrand, leads it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Nice shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, we rise. Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets ticket plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM WATH. Always good to have Russ Helpman on the airwaves back here in Southeast Ohio. Helpman's gone to do a couple of great things, covering Cincinnati sports, Bearcats, uh, Bengals, even a little bit of Reds every now and then. No, he was happy. We were happy for the most part. I know you guys called a, a little bit of a lopsided event. A little bit. Women's side. Just um, a tad. 105 to 90 uh, to uh, 69. I believe Andrew determined it was, what, the second time in the Bulls era, Bolden era that they've given up 100 or more points? Yep, second time in the Bolden era and second time this calendar year. Yeah, because that one was in the MAC tournament last year, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned defense and emphasis. Um, 
and we won't have to talk long about the women's because it was an ugly game. Uh, they played tough in the first half, uh, but Notre Dame, I mean, they shot the ball well in the first half, and, I mean, they just shot lights out in the second half. Uh, they had the clear size advantage. Uh, Maya Dodson for, for Notre Dame as well as Westbeld and um, a couple others, they were just dominant in the post. And I think Notre Dame realized that they could just go down there every single time mm-hmm. to begin the second half, and then once... Ohio put all their resources to stopping them in the middle. Then the threes opened up, and they started to knock those down. And it just it just got away from them really quick. And here's the thing, right? Shot 50% from beyond the arc. Yeah. you got to take it into context. Notre Dame is a very, very good team for women's basketball, right? Ohio is projected to be a really good team. I mean, you're bringing back all of your starters from last year. Just Notre Dame was the better team last night. Yeah, I think the fact that A, Ohio was able to hang with them for a half – Speaks to that, and I think the fact that yeah, you look at the score and you go, oh, man, what was it, 105-69? Man, that's not good. But Notre Dame, like like Connor mentioned, is normally one of the premier teams in women's basketball. They had two bad down years. They got a transfer in from Stanford who was a McDonald's All-American, and good Lord, she could block everything that was ever thrown up with inside the paint without even jumping. And Ohio is not a size-wise. I think they only have... One, maybe two players, six feet tall or taller. Sounds right. Uh, Abby Garnett is six foot two, I think, and Notre Dame has four or five people, six two, six three. They even had a girl of six five. I mean, th- they had the clear size advantage, um, and they they used that to their to their advantage. And uh, yeah, it just they really ramped it up on defense in the second half as well. Ohio really struggled to score, whereas you know they were kind of keeping up with the track meet kind of game that it was in the first half, but they were unable to keep that pace going in the second half, and, and Notre Dame just kind of ran away with it. Um, you know, they have a short memory. They got another, you know, tougher road game as well against Liberty on Saturday. Um, they get a brutal schedule to start. I mean, they're opening with three straight away against three pretty, pretty, you know, strong contenders who are all going to be really good in their conferences. So, right. And on the other side, you know, the men's team starts off with a fairly strong schedule too. I mean, Belmont was getting the AP votes, uh, ninety-two to eighty win for the Ohio men's basketball team last night. Then on Saturday, they will take on. Uh, Cleveland State, who took a trip to the NCAA tournament last year. And then, uh, you know, on Monday, Robert Morris. Um, again, with Ohio, you know, that was as dominating as a performance to start a season, I think, that I've seen in my, you know, five, six years here in Southeast Ohio. This team, guys, I, I, I believe that this team is probably the most talented as well. Um, just up and down, you know, improved bench. Like, Sears was great. It's great to see Carter back. Vanderplas stepping up in that leadership role. Uh, this seems like a start of a special season. Not to get overboard, but it, it does seem like you know these guys, if they keep it together, can be really, really good. Yeah, like you know, you don't want to put too much. It's one game. It's the first game, um, so you don't want to you know lose your mind over it. But make no mistake about it. Um, this is gonna this, and let's keep in mind, you have London McDay, who I don't think is quite a hundred percent just yet. And you don't even have Dwight Wilson playing yet, um, and that's what they did against a really good Belmont team who went 26 and four last year, got snubbed from the NCAA tournament in many's eyes, but they returned 97 percent of their scoring production from the season before, and Ohio was able to go to bat, you know, blow for blow with them in the scoring department. I think they knocked down 16 threes last night. I mean, that 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 you're going to be tough to beat any night you're doing that. Um, but a very impressive victory. Good to see Sears. I, tr- I try to tell everybody uh, that this kid's a player and that, you know, there were the 
I think it was a small crowd, but there was a crowd out there that said, hey, you know, you lost Jason Preston. That was the whole team. What are you going to do now? And Marcus Sears stepped in and showed you. I mean, what a night. 10 of 11 from the floor, 27 points. Uh, he's, a, he's a great player. Um, and then you have Jason Carter in his return, scored 20 as well. Just an overall great performance, great team win. Uh, great way to start the year, and they got to take this momentum. It was obviously a great crowd in the combo uh, last night, which you know you weren't really getting in the get- when Bulls first started out here. I don't think you would have gotten over 6,000 uh, in the combo for, for an opening night a couple of years ago. So uh, all that really encouraging to see. Yeah, and I think the people that said, well, you lost Preston, you're not going to be anything. I don't think those people really watched the games because if you watched, you could clearly tell, like, wow, well, yeah, man, we lost Jason. That You lost a, you lost an NBA talent. Yeah, hard to, you, uh, absolutely yeah. hard to replace, yes. I get that, but I, there was never, from everyone that I've talked to that actually watched the games, like you said, Joey, there was never really much of a doubt that Ohio would still be one of the top teams in the MAC, still be buying to go back to the NCAA tournament. And they showed it tonight. Now, Belmont, I mean, they weren't ranked. They had receiving votes. Millsy may say, does that mean that we get receiving votes? I'm not sure that's how that works. But it was still a great, great, great way to start the season. And here's the thing, right? It's game number one. And I'd like to take it into context, right? Last year I said, you know, Ohio should at least receive, not in the top 25, and I'm not going to get my words mixed up. Ohio last year with a close Why loss to Illinois. Why are we going Illinois. back to this? Well, he mentioned it for a quick second here. You know, I, I was looking for at least one vote for one week. For a loss. For, for almost a, beating Illinois, and I think the, the, their win was Cleveland State. Right. It was, it was a dominating win over Cleveland State. You set a record there. Uh, 40 unanswered no, no, that, points that or something. That was argument that we had to have multiple times last year for some reason. Somehow it's creeped its way into this season as well. Well, well because I, I wasn't here to hear that argument. <laughs> right. He, and listen, this year, I think, again, if this team can keep it all together, I'm not saying that they're going to get AP votes against Belmont, uh, but I do think that this team can have sustained success all season long to where they will gain national recognition and probably get a couple votes down the line. But it starts with Belmont, and then I think that they can build on this and continue to move on down the line and, and, and pick up votes. Yeah, they, they were underdogs last night in Vegas. So I think this one, them winning as handily as they did, I mean, they were pretty much winning the entire game. Um, you know, it got a little back and forth-ish there about midway through the second half. Uh, the teams were trading baskets, but Ohio eventually was able to pull away in the end. Um, and I think it does. It's one of those games that can potentially put some people on notice, right, to see, uh, you know, like the, the people that said, uh-oh, Preston's gone, losing NBA talent. How are you going to replace that? And to see them put up 92 points, and the guy that is replacing him shoots so well from, I mean, not just from the field in general. What, he finished, what, four for four from beyond the arc? Yes, and this uh, team is so, they have so many great shooters that they can, it's so hard to defend because we know, especially when you get Dwight Wilson back in the middle there, and we don't know his exact time frame to return. But you get him back in the middle, he's a force. I mean, he, almost, he was one of the most efficient players of all time inside the post last year. Um, and then they can have him in the middle. Vanderplas and Carter obviously both very polished around the basket as well, can also step out and shoot it. Obviously, Roderick, that's kind of his thing. And now you saw Sears at the threat from behind the arc as well. I mean, they're going to be really tough to defend because they can beat you in so many ways. Yeah, they got a couple of guys. You know, they, they just seem bigger. They seem more physical this year, right? I mean, Roderick, you know, in his last year. Uh, well, not Roderick. Uh, Vanderplas in his last year. Carter in his last year. Like, these are just big physical guys to where, you know, they're when not going to get bullied. Yeah, when you're a mid-major team and you have size and 
and you know years on you, those are usually the successful mid-major teams when it comes to later on in the year. And just wait until you get Dwight Wilson back. I mean, that's another big body that you can put underneath there. Yep. You know, last year you had to go down to, to Colin Granger, right? And Granger did a, a, a decent job, uh, you know, in, in the uh, in the tournament, right? Uh, he, he was up and he was down. He had his moments. I, did. <laughs> I think he had his moments. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, this bench is now lengthened uh, to where, you know, you could have Vanderplas and Carter out there and hopefully Dwight Wilson gets back uh, and then run the ball with, with Sears or, you know, Tommy Schmuck. Um, you know, although he didn't play a whole lot of minutes, you know, Schmack looked fine. You know, he he could run the offense a little bit too. Hey, he's going to be the backup guard. I mean, you know, Sears going to be asked to play a lot of minutes. That's I think that's kind of what Bowles, you know, demands out of his point guards. I mean, you look at Preston; he was playing 40 minutes a game for most of his couple of years here, and you know, I just think that's kind of the expectation he has on his guys running the point. He wants them out there, you know, as much as possible. But you know, we've heard about Schmack. We've heard he's going to be a solid backup guard for what's a really deep you know guard position for this Ohio team right now and I can't stress this enough again I mean you know Miles Brown's another one he got the start last night McDay's you know not exactly 100% right now you get him back up that's another viable scorer I mean they have any guys where you know they have so many guys where you could think and they can blink and score double digits in a night yeah yeah it's uh, this this team was very impressive last night. Event a very talented Belmont team, and uh, just a cool story off to the side. Uh, at the beginning of the game, I think it was somebody from from Tommy Schmack's family, right? And and they yelled up to uh, Ben Vanderplas's dad, and you know he's kind of over in the corner, and uh, we all saw you know how excited and, and energetic that he is, you know, especially during the NCAA tournament run, and you know he he yelled down and said. You know, I appreciate the the invite down to sit on courtside, but you know he had a superstitious spot right in that corner, and I guess he's going to be sitting there all season long. Uh, and then you know, as soon as BVP banked that three, going right into the break at the half, <laughs> like just looking around, not only you know seeing the whole convocation center explode, but his dad is just jumping up and cheering and. You know, he's as energetic as anybody else out there. I mean, he saw that last year, but it was still cool just to, you know, kind of look behind and, and see the guy's dad, you know, as excited as everybody else. Yeah, I think another cool story is, you know, Jason Carter returning and, and playing as well as he did. And, the, you know, we t- obviously we were listening to the clip before the show and Bulls talking about, you know, kind of when he first got here, how Carter was kind of already on his way out to Xavier and it was, you know, good luck to you. And then him being able to get that opportunity to, to come back and, and, uh, you know, kind of make a second career here at Ohio because, I mean, I was one of those guys uh, all the time last year. I was like, man, imagine we still had Jason Carter, how, how good this team would be. And then it, it kind of came true. We didn't get to see him play with Preston again. But, uh, you know, I'll settle for it with Marcus Sears for this year. Yeah, it's been pretty good, too. And I think Bolsa's comment was, we will win with you or without you in that press conference. And uh, that's just kind of the mindset that Bowles takes in year in and year out. We're going to win here. If you want to be a part of it, great. If not, you know, if you got that one foot out, you know, go because we'll, we'll win with what we have here. And yeah, I, I think Bowles has kind of proved that over the past couple of years. Um, you know, slow starts. I thought they were a dark horse's first year in the Mid American Conference, kind of sweeping in, uh, you know, sneaking into the tournament uh, in the MAC. And then, you know, last year obviously making the historic run and uh, getting off to a good start again this year. Has he ever had a losing season as a head coach? I don't think. Maybe his first year at Stony Brook? 
But outside of that, I think they've all been 17 yeah, I mean, plus. He went, he went 500 in his in the regular season of his first year here, and obviously they won the one conference tournament game. So, I would say most likely maybe the first year at Stony Brook. Yeah, overall at Stony Brook, 18 and 14, 13 and 19. So it's the second, second year at Stony Brook. Yeah, and then 24 and 9, uh, which which was impressive. Obviously. Uh, we got to take another quick break right in the sports fan. Again, we go off the air at 645 as the Ohio State women's basketball team takes on Bucknell. Um, that game coming up in a couple of minutes, and we'll uh, take you all the way up until that point. This is Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Looking for the perfect gift? How about a laser engraved sign? Here at a work of heart, one of our most popular items is a sign or photo frame that can be personalized with names, dates, and sayings. These make the most unique gifts that will be treasured by those that receive them. Often, your personalized sign can be completed and ready to take home within minutes. We also have hundreds of pieces of new art designed by our local artist, D. Jones, and made here in the United States. Recent signs that can be personalized make great gifts or decorations for your home. Many of the wreaths we carry have matching C-rings, garlands, sprays, and sprigs. Our Chala purses, decorated with animals of all shapes and sizes, make great gifts for anyone, and we have a great selection. Need a red truck? We can probably meet that need. We have framed art, lamps, signs, and red trucks, too, in all four seasons. Come visit us today. That's a work of heart. Now open 10 to 9 in Grand Central Mall or find us online at aworkofheart.biz. If you're in Medicare and have questions about health and drug coverage options, join the Ohio Department of Insurance at a Medicare event near you. Learn about Medicare open enrollment, financial assistance programs, and important deadlines. Everyone on Medicare should review their health and drug plan options. Annual open enrollment runs October 15th through December 7th, and new plan coverage begins January 1st. Visit insurance.ohio.gov or call 1-800-686-1578 to find an event near you. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Buzz the mic with Andrew Ellison. Right. 640 on the clock, five more minutes until we take you up until the Ohio State women's basketball game as they take on Bucknell. Ohio State's women's basketball ranked 17th in the nation. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, J.C. Sheldon as one of their star players. Her brother's coming down here, I believe, right? Joey, I believe you were the one that was the one that informed me of that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I will look it up later date. Uh, but uh, the Ohio football team, right? The uh, the Bobcats beat Eastern Michigan 34-26. And you know, it was probably you know, one of the most complete games of the season. Defensively, they stepped up and had a couple of takeaways Offensively, Curtis Rourke, 9 of 17, 230 yards and three touchdown passes. Um, and also, you know, Rodgers and, and Rourke got the job done with their legs. You know, between them, over 100 yards rushing and Demontre Tuggle with 78, with his longest being 14. Uh, and Odom, K. 
Cameron Odom with the, uh, or no, I, Isaiah Cox with the, uh, a rushing touchdown for Ohio. And Odom with the big, long touchdown reception. His only reception of the game went for 66 yards and into the end zone. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of the turnarounds with the offense has come with Curtis finally finding some success in the running game, which was a struggle throughout the early first half of the season. And we mentioned as to why that might be, maybe just turn it over to Armani. I know he's not the greatest thrower of the football, but he is the better running quarterback. And when you're running an option type of offense, you need to have that threat of running at quarterback. And it just kind of wasn't there for Curtis, but he stepped up and he's had some better runs over the course of the last couple of games. I think that's direct correlation to why they've been able to be more successful running the football and, and even overall as an offense. And I thought Curtis played a very efficient game last night to go and uh, on the road and beat what was a very good Eastern Michigan team who had every their whole season out in front of them, shot to potentially represent the West and the MAC, but uh, Ohio is going to make that a lot tougher for them. Yeah, very impressed. Very impressed with the way Vorick has come out and just basically looked completely different than what the whole offense did through the first, what, six games? Yeah. I mean, you, you, were, on, you were defeated going into conference play. You know, what was that, the 0-6 uh, going into conference? Or 0-4. Uh, 0-4 going into conference play and then, then picking up the one win. Yeah. But now 3-3 three and three in the Mid-American Conference, and... You know, if only they had tightened a couple things up earlier, and you can't play the what-if game, right? It is what it is at this point. The Mid-American Conference uh, will not be won by Ohio. Uh, but, you know, you got to be impressed with the way that they played over the last couple games. And you know, defensively, you know, there's still things that they can pick up. They gave up 354 yards, you know, through the air. Um, they've given up a lot of passing yards over the past, you know, couple games. But they've won the game, which is what matters. Give up a lot of... Uh, you know, passing yards in the air to Miami and, uh, you know, gave up 354 to Bryant last night against uh, Eastern Michigan. But overall, good game for Ohio. 3-7. and seven. Eastern Michigan now 6-4. and four. And uh, just real quick before you sign off, yes, A.J. Sheldon is coming to Ohio as a basketball player. For the women's side? Mitts. It was his oh, Mitts. Oh, okay. His sister plays for OSU. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks for listening to the Sportsman 970 97.1 FM WATH. For Joe Medora and Andrew Allison, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Big thanks to Russ Helpman for calling in. Here with on a bye week for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll join the broadcast for the Ohio State women's basketball team as they take on Bucknell. That's coming your way right after this. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.